Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Ventures of Flash, my podcast. This is episode number 23, The Murder of Bruiser Brody. You know, a few nights ago, I watched on Viceland a special called The Dark Side of Wrestling, where they're going to have a whole series of episodes of, you know, the shadier side of stuff that's happened in the wrestling business over the years. And, you know, this was episode number one, um, Bruiser Brody getting murdered by Jose Gonzalez down in Puerto Rico. You know, he wrestled as invader number one. And, uh, you know, it was a tragic event. You know, one of the most tragic events that's occurred in pro wrestling over the years. And now sports entertainment. One day it was called pro wrestling, but, you know, they've changed that around. And this was not no work. This is real-life murder where Bruiser got stabbed in the shower. And, you know, there was witnesses there. And, you know, uh, you have to take some of them with a grain of salt because now some of the stories has changed. There's different wrestlers saying that they was there on in the dressing room. And it's been proven that they wasn't even on the card or they wasn't even in Puerto Rico. So I have dove into it and uh, I went back and researched it. And I got some interviews with some people that it's been proven that they was there. And... Uh, you know, uh, you still have to take it all with a grain of salt because, you know, it's been over 30 years ago since that happened. And, you know, memories and stories sometimes change in 30 years, you know, and that's not a work either. That's for real. That's the way we all are in a way. And, you know, uh, Jose Gonzalez was the matchmaker and the booker, and he's the one that killed Bruiser Brody. And Carlos Colon was a the promoter, and, you know, He's now a WWE Hall of Famer, and I actually don't believe that they should have inducted him after all that happened, but that's not any of my business. Uh, that's uh, Vince McMahon, you know, and I'm not going to go into that of my dislike for Vince McMahon, but that's uh, part of it. You know, there's three reasons that it could have happened that I believe, and, you know, we're going to talk some more about it after the interviews. And the little clips that we're going to listen to. But, you know, uh, it's intriguing how it all comes about, man. It was almost like it was premeditated. And uh, there's actually uh, rumors. This is not me personally saying this, but this is some of the people that was involved in it saying that perhaps that uh, Carlos Colon had set him up uh, to be murdered, but, you know, I'm not saying that. Uh, our, my podcast is not uh, making that assumption. We're just saying allegedly, you know, so that could go either way. That's just opinions, and you know what, how opinions are. So, everybody, I want y'all to get ready and uh, listen to these, and uh, we're going to come back, and we're going to discuss it some more, and I'm actually going to give y'all my opinion of it. So, I hope y'all enjoy this podcast. Sit back today with your favorite beverage and hey you guys enjoy we love you guys oh puerto rico rosa brody here just want to tell you how happy i am to be here how happy i am tomorrow afternoon be in the ring with carlos colo carlos colo Let me tell you something about Bruiser Brody. He's a whole lot 
not like all them other wrestlers. Got the silly looking hair. He real big in the arms, big in the chest. Got lots of them scars from getting hit in the head. He's just like all the rest. Except that he's got a whole lot of guts. A whole lot of guts. I want to make one thing clear to you. I know about Carlos Cologne. I know about Carlos Cologne in New York, Tokyo, and all around the world. I know about it. And he needs a lot of good wrestlers. A lot of good wrestlers. But he ain't beating me. And he ain't gonna beat me. I promise. Oh, well... That was uh, one of Bruiser's uh, interviews when he went down, was actually going down to Puerto Rico to wrestle Carlos. Uh, you know, he was murdered right before the, he got ready to go out to the match to wrestle that night. And uh, I believe that he was on the main event. Uh, I had my notes who he was going to wrestle against, but we'll get back to that later. Let's go ahead and listen to another, some more uh, clips. Anywhere he went, around the world, Japan, Asia, all over, you know, uh, Europe, uh, South Africa, when they went down there. Anywhere you went, they knew the name Bruiser Brody. They wanted to see violence, and we give them violence. I mean, if we had to take a bottle and bring it over somebody's head or whatever, we done it. And we didn't care what we done. Frank Goodish was very private, buried to himself, walked to his own drummer, both in and out of the business. And... Um, uh, didn't necessarily mingle. I, I, Frank was not one of the boys. He said what he thought, and uh, he made a lot of enemies along the way. I mean, he had a lot of enemies in wrestling for because he wanted to do things on his terms. Brody was a, a good wrestler, but he was more or less my style. He'd pick up a chair, he'd pick up a club, he'd pick up a whatever he could get his hands on. That's what Bruiser Brody done. See what I mean? And uh, in the ring, he was a violent man. Outside the ring, he was a, he was a good man. I don't know if, if both him and Stan, uh, somebody said that one time the two of them agreed to try to screw over every promoter they could. Uh, whether that's a true, true thing or not, but it just seemed like it. He never, he never went to any one territory. He'd go to all the territories. and um, Just his style, too. It's, you know, so many people that came after him took a piece of his style and, and molded it into their own style. So um, he's, he's looked up upon by, by all the guys that I know. You know, it's the 20th century, the greatest, you know, foreigner in the 20th century, and, and Brody got more votes than any foreigner that had ever worked in Japan. They had pumped him so full of stories, you know, by the time he got there, Larry was scared to death. You know? Bruiser leaned on him a little bit. He was in on the rib, too. And uh, that was all. Luger went over the wall, as it were. Went AWOL. Frank looked at me. I looked at Frank. Oh, yeah. Who do you know? And I saw Brody bent over. And Jose, I looked up and saw Jose with a knife in his hand getting ready to cut Brody's throat. Wow. That last person there was Tony Atlas. And they was talking about the match that he had with Lex Luger where... He wouldn't sell for Lex Luger, and Lex Luger actually, in my opinion, did get scared, and he climbed over and got out of the cage because 
Brody was a very feared man, you know. Uh, he was like six foot eight, three hundred pounds, and he was a he was violent. He swung the chain around, and actually didn't care if he hit any of the of the uh, uh, people, the fans. He didn't care if he hit them or what, man. And people in Japan, more especially, where he was really widely known, they were scared of him. And if he come toward them, they'd scatter. You know, he made a name down in Texas working for Fritz Von Erich's wrestler. He was a booker and a matchmaker there. So he wanted to take the show on the road, and he wanted to be the booker in uh, Puerto Rico. And uh, Jose and Carlos had another plan. Oh, we're going to listen to some more clips here. What did you take on the whole entire situation with Chris Rogan and Jose Gonzalez? Jose Gonzalez killed There's no doubt about it. And to me, Carl Cologne knew about it, and he was the one that sent the word into it to Jose to do it. Maybe not to kill him, but to injure and put him out for good. Do you think it had to do with the fact, I've heard different stories that maybe Brody was a bully back in the day when uh, Jose Gonzalez was TV for the VF, I think it was like the late 70s. And now he had power in, in the locker room, and Brody was a bully. Um, Brody was never a boy as far as uh, in the ring or business-wise. Brody was never a bully. Brody just took care of business. When Brody got in the ring, Brody did what needed to be done, and he did it. As far as power-wise, yeah, Jose Gonzalez liked power, and he had the power in there. I wasn't there. I was supposed to be on that tour, but yeah, I didn't make that flight. Uh, from what I heard, though, in the, in, the, in the shower where he got him, Brody didn't slap him. If Brody would have stepped him, Brody would have finished it right there on the spot. He would not have let him left and then come back in. Brody wouldn't have been waiting for him in the shower anyway. Who do you think left the ball? What have you heard? I never really heard anything. He wanted him to do a job or something, and if it wasn't right, Brody wasn't going to do it. That's why I said it, it, it was planned the first time when he walked in there. Well, Bruce Brody, he would always tell me, well, you need to learn how to take care of yourself in the ring because these people, I think that's where I really got it from. Because there's some people said I was, I, was, I was getting a little bit of a push. And uh, Bruiser told me, so you need to learn how to take care of yourself better than what you do. You trust people too much. And when you trust people, it's the best you, the best to be a downfall. And Brody, let me tell you something, Brody was one heck of a man. He, he took care of himself, and if he liked you, he took care of you. If he didn't like you, he let you know where you stood. Right. I remember him beating up people that climbed out of the cage to get away from Brody. So he let Luger down for I wouldn't be Lex Luger. I have that on video, actually. <laughs> he wanted to I'd like to see that one. Were you there? I'd like to have him there. No, uh, okay. Um, getting back to South Coast here, Pete's question, um, Manny Fernandez, he was down there in the territory at the time. The Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, if you catch him out of a bar, he was one who could do just about anything in that ring, and he would. He would do anything. That guy, he can go. He would go. Joe's son, Tully, he was a good guy. He, he had to keep an eye on him, too, a little bit, but he was more to himself, for himself, than anyone else. He wasn't a bad guy, but he wasn't up enough. Do you think he was a good wrestler, or do you think that he was pushed because he was, yeah, you know, the son? He was decent. He was decent. He was, a good, he was pretty good, but his, the dad also helped all around. All right. Now, how tight was that locker room? Was it thickish, or? No, no. It started falling. That was Al Perez. He missed the flight. Did you know Jose Gonzalez? This yes, I did know Jose tell. Gonzalez. I was there when that all happened. I was in the dressing room. Your take? 
Well, I've heard a lot of different stories about it. And I've written stories about it. And I went in the dressing room that night. And uh, I've, I've always been able to feel tension in the dressing room. And boy, I felt it heavy that night. But I, didn't, I couldn't place it. I didn't know where the tension was coming from. You ever have just a, a gut feeling about something? Sure. Something you say, something's just, something's not right. Something's, something's wrong. Because I could feel the tension. And when I walked in, the invader was tying up his, uh, his he wore leather things here. Like I tape up here, he wore the leather deals. Mm -hmm. And I remember I sat down and I had rode, ridden to the show that night with, uh, with Frank. And I sat down beside him. He's sitting right there, just like we are. And I got up and walked to my right because we was like in a back corner, and the shower was right in front of us. See, so it was right there, 20, 15 feet maybe. Mm -hmm. I went down the the front of the dressing room, and it's a baseball stadium. It's a baseball locker room, so it is. And I walked down the big uh, tunnel to get to the dugout and went there. I bet I wasn't gone five minutes, maybe not that long, maybe. Because I went out, because I hate to sit in the dressing room, especially in Puerto Rico. It was hot, and and I saw the people filing in. And when I got back, it already happened. Had Frank mentioned a dispute at all? Not a word. He was fine riding over there. Tony Atlas rode over there with us, you know. What do you think it was about? Was it money? Was it a payoff? Was it a... I had heard that he had, he had wanted to buy in. Now, it goes back farther than that. I don't know. I'm just talking out of school here. Excuse me. But uh, years ago, when they were both in uh, the old WWWF, mm -hmm. when uh, Vince Sr. ran it, I think, I think Brody got him in the ring and beat the crap out of him. I think they were trying to... Uh, do something with Jose as a Puerto Rican because the Puerto Rican market was pretty strong in New York. They were trying to do something with him there, but Brody went out there and just beat the crap out of him. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not. And uh, and then Brody started coming to Puerto Rico and Abdullah and uh, that's when that's when it was a. Uh, this was '88. This was after my run because my hot run was '80. You know, but their business was still good. And uh, but I don't know what it was about. And I was supposed to, I gave a deposition, I was supposed to testify, and, uh, but I never, when the trial, the trial was supposed to be like January the 20th, and guess when I got my subpoena to appear? January 21st? Absolutely. <laughs> I knew the verdict, I knew the verdict of the trial before I got my subpoena to appear. But even if I had appeared, what could I say? All I, this is what I told you. Because I can't say I knew it was this, I knew it was this, he said this. He, no, nobody said anything to me. So I don't know what it was about, but I do know that, you know, a man died and didn't, didn't need to die. Oh, yeah. Poor Bruiser Brody, you know. Bruiser Brody you know? was only, like, in his 40s when that happened. And, you know, he uh, they said that he was going to go back to the WWWF, and uh, they had a... Uh, Possible. They asked him if he would do it, if he would work a program with Hulk Hogan, and boy, that would have been interesting. Which we know had been good. 
Now, here's the main witness of the whole thing that actually seen the stabbing and everything, Tony Atlas. Now, I went back, and all of these clips are from a few years ago uh, after that happened, probably the 90s. Now, since then, all those stories has changed somewhat. And uh, I could go back, and uh, I could po- put them on my podcast too, but I'm getting the original stories from these people. You know, the ones that they first come out with, maybe they were scared at the time and they didn't want to tell all the story and maybe they've changed it now where it is uh, the complete story or maybe the original ones are right. I don't know, but we're going to listen to Tony Atlas now. Unfortunately for me in in, uh, Puerto Rico, you know, there was an incident that happened in the dressing room where Bruiser Broder got stabbed to death, which caused me to to leave the, uh, 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 you know, Puerto Rico. Now you were in the dressing room one that happened, or did you see I it? Took it to the, I took it to the hospital. I'm the one that, me and Carlos Colon, the one that broke up the fight. I was an eyewitness to the, uh, uh, to the incident. I went to the police station, reported it to the police, exactly what happened. I remember one thing, that, what it really, really taught me about, about things, when the, when the ambulance came, Brody laid on the floor for about 45 minutes because it was right at the beginning of the show and the ambulance couldn't get through the whole car. Okay, uh, I had a little technical difficulty there. I'm going to go back. and I'm gonna, Tony Atlas here, y'all. Get through the whole crowd of people. So they took an ass that there was a lady and there was an old uh, elderly gentleman, and he couldn't lift Brody. You got to realize Brody was a big man. He was over 300 pounds, you know, six foot eight. You know, six, seven, six, eight. You know, he was a huge man, and they couldn't lift. They couldn't lift the gurney up so that so that they could get it on the ambulance. So they said, "Can, can anybody? Can one of you guys help?" Every wrestler in that dressing room, including the American wrestler, turned their back. Why did they so do I that? I walked over there. I walked over there, and I took a say, uh, 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 I, I put him in. So. I reach underneath the girl and I, and I go to lift it, and Brody looked, looked, looked up at me. He said, "Brother, don't drop me." I said, "Don't worry about, don't worry about it, brother." I said, "I curl more than you weigh." So he got a little smile on his face, and I put him on the thing. So then the guy said, "If one of you guys want to go to the hospital with him, uh, you're more than welcome." And I looked around, and everybody put their head down and started lacing up their boots. That right, they didn't hear the guy. So I got on the back of the of the ambulance, and I and I started thinking, said, Tony, you can't speak Spanish. So there was another wrestler there. He was around my age. He's probably my age now. So I grabbed him and yanked him on the ambulance with me. And he begged me, brother, please, please, por favor, por favor, please, please, brother, don't get me involved in this. Don't get me. I said, all you have to do is just repeat what I say. That's all you got to do. So I get thrown into the hospital, and uh. I told him he, I got a friend that got a stabbing. Now, one thing about Puerto Rico that a lot of people don't know, a stabbing in Puerto Rico is like a cold in America. They don't take it serious because, you know, they get stabbed. You know, it, it's a common thing there. You know, you may be in San Juan in a nice area and everything, but once you get outside of San Juan, <laughs> you know, Puerto Rico believe in stabbing over there. Maybe not here in America, but over there, stabbing is very, very common. So he didn't take it seriously. So I grabbed the doctor, put him on my shoulder. He was hollering for security, and I took him to you see Brody. You the doctor up? 
I picked him up on my shoulder and and and, and I grabbed him. You know, because I told him he was stabbing. He opened up the door and showed me a bunch of people standing there with stab room, but not as severe as Brody. Brody had two eight-inch cuts on 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 his belly. You know, it cut his liver. His liver was cut in two, and plus his intestine was cut in two. So I grabbed this doctor up. And he's hollering for security in Spanish. I asked the guy with him, I said, what did he say? He said, he's getting security. But as soon as I set him down and he saw Brody, and Brody moved his hand, he said, are you, he asked Brody, said, are you all right? Brody said, I'm just laying here waiting for somebody to help me. And he lifted Brody's hand up and he saw the injury. He said, we got to get him in surgery right away. Tony, why do you think it is that the other wrestlers turned their back and didn't pay attention when they needed help? What a lot of people don't realize <clears throat> They all think that we're all friends. When I first started, a gentleman by the name of Klondike Bill, he said that, he said that, Tony, if you retire from this business and you have one friend, consider yourself lucky. See, wrestlers are not really friends. They are business associates. See, we're all independently employed. Even though we work for the WWE, we stand independently employed. Tony Atlas is not a, a person. Tony Atlas is a company. What wrestling is is a bunch of independent. See, the guys on the independents, they don't know that because they've never been in the big league. But once you win in the big league, like, for example, if we was all businesses, John Cena would be McDonald's. Undertaker would be Wendy's. Uh, Mark Henry uh, would be Burger King. I've never heard See, the Undertaker compared right, to right. Wendy's you, you, before. You, 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 you <laughs> self-employed. We do individual taxes, and and uh, are we are we are individual. It's a bunch of small individual companies that come to that that work together to form one big company. So you guys are independent contractors, is what you're saying? We are independent contractors, exactly. Yeah, we are independent contractors. So so how far your company succeed? Depends on how big of a businessman you are. So, so, so by helping another company, you'll be hurting your company. So, the object of the game, believe it or not, is to hurt the other company. Well, you know. Uh... Unfortunately for me, in in uh, Puerto Rico, you know, the, the, there was an incident that happened in the dressing room where Bruiser Broder got stabbed to death. Yeah. Well. Tony's story has changed some since then, and he's actually so frightened after it happened that he left the country right away. He said that uh, Savio Vega said that they was uh, after him, and he, Savio Vega sent his bag to the airport, so he uh, actually uh, got out of the country as quick as he can, which I can't really blame him for that because you know how those things go. Here's uh, Savio Vega on it. Commercial first. You were down there the night the unfortunate incident happened with Bruce Brody. Did you did you see something happening, uh, or was it more of a a shock? Was a shock. I was I was there early, always as a team team. I arrived at the building about five o'clock. Mm -hmm. We well, were just down there, and uh, I remember, you know, seeing better walk that way and come back and then see him with the towel on. Hey, I remember that like like that just happened. And he go Frank. Frank was sitting down over there. Said, Can I talk to you? Hey, everybody, relax because 
That's the way you call guys to, to tell the thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, this, yeah, nothing was going on. Yeah. Nothing there. Everything much was, was nice. And going in the shower for the finishes is normal. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Even today, you, could call, you could call anybody in, in, you know, yeah. anywhere you want. It's like a come quiet and, you know, take care of that and, and blah, blah, blah. So that happened that way, and, and all of a sudden, I went to the uh, to the other side, in where the the, uh, the sink and then the toilet area, the bathroom area, it was different places. The shower over there, and uh, all of a sudden, you just hear that wow, 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 this commotion. What the fuck happened here? And, you know, Carlos and you were already there. I was inside, like I say, that happened there. I'm here. So much see this, I, I run out. And I just pushed the door too to get inside there to see what the fuck happened. And I just see Frank with the, he's pulling back, was they having by the hair, and he had a fucking knife he tried to, to stab him. When Frank coming out, grabbing his guts, he already have blood coming out. And uh, when he's coming out of the shower, he walked to the uh, to the ballpark area. Yeah. And I said to him, don't go there. That's the that's the ring. That's the ring. So he come back here, Dr. Gonzalez was there, and Dr. Gonzalez tell him to, to, hey, stay here, lay down. He's obviously in shock, right? Yeah. Everybody yeah. was in shock. I mean, of course he got that, but he was he was cool, he was relaxed. Okay, he, he, was, he didn't know it was that bad, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was grabbing his, his, his belly. And uh, my, Chris, was Chris Jumblin and me, we run out of the dressing room and I went to the office of the uh, the building, and I just it was a steel uh, uh, door, and I beat the hell out of that door like a crazy. Uh, somebody to open to call the ambulance. Wow, that would have really been a bad incident to witness. You know, uh, most of the wrestlers they said uh, was laughing and joking later. Tony said after he come back from the hospital because. Uh, they told him there wasn't nothing he could do for Bruiser Brody at the hospital. And uh, when he, he actually came back to get his stuff from the arena, and he said the wrestlers was laughing and joking. And Jose had came back in, and he had changed his shirt with the blood on it, and he got rid of the murder weapon. And so he went ahead and wrestled that night. And, you know, it's really a miscarriage of justice when somebody can actually get by with that. He claimed self-defense. And since none of the witnesses claimed that they got their subpoenas in time, I don't know how true this is, but they all claimed they didn't get their subpoenas till after the verdict, the trial was over with. So there was no witnesses there. So he was acquitted of the crime. And uh, so nothing has ever been done about that to this day. And there's nothing ever going to be done about it. You know, because like I said, it's been over 30 years ago. And, you know, it's a terrible thing. And, you know, some people said Bruiser Brody was a was a hard man to work with, and it, he was known to uh, not want to lose a match, and uh, he was not want, known to put anyone over, and uh, that uh, that might have played a role in it. And um, but who knows? You know, we'll never know the complete story of it. But I mean, you know, that's just one of those mysteries out there. But. I actually dug up a little shoot from Carlos Colon here from the last few years, and they actually asked him about Bruiser Brody and see what he says. This is going to be short, because you'll see. 
Carlos Colon. Obviously, uh, we're going to talk about it. It's a big uh, story. What, what happened, you know, with Bruiser Brody and uh, Jose Gonzalez and Vader number one in, in the locker room? What, the I, I was in the dressing room there. We were all there. All, all the boys were there. You were in the same dressing room as, yeah. as Brody? Or as yeah, okay. as Brody. We were all there. Yeah, I heard it some, like, like a fight, you know? So sad. I, I really, you know, I, I wouldn't I would want to talk about this anymore because it... Oh, yeah. Makes you sad, you know. The only guy that could have covered was Javik and I, and, and we didn't do that. Right. You know, we told the, the judge and the, in the courtroom, we said what, what really, what we saw, we didn't really, because I didn't see any stabbing, I didn't see. My goal is what, what, what I really became, you know, to become a, a promoter in my own island, Puerto Rico. And we got into an argument and, and, and you know, got in a fight, and, and, and he, he fell and, and banged his head, and that was the end of well, that's the end of that. He didn't want to talk about that, and, uh, you know, that's really a shame because he's a promoter to this day, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess his conscience needs to work on him some because uh, he was saying that somebody fell on their head. He was talking about uh, the promoter that he took his place when he took over that wrestling. He accidentally fell and hit his head while he was arguing, kind of like... Uh, when Bruiser had an argument with him, uh, they took him out. That's my opinion of the whole thing, you know. I got, uh, you know, I've studied this quite a bit, and I've researched it, and uh, I believe it myself that uh, that uh, that's what happened. But, you know, that's just my opinion of it, and uh, that's, uh, uh, could go either way, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not going to say that that's what happened for sure, or that's not what happened for sure, but with all the evidence, that's sure what it looks like, you know, and, you know, there, there's three reasons that it could have happened, you know, it it may not have been premeditated, you know, it, like I say, it could have went either way, but one of my theories is money, you know, and it's rumored that Cologne, that just did the last interview, he's the was the promoter, and uh, it's rumored that he owed Brody over $40,000 and Brody wanted his money or he wanted a one-third percent ownership of the company. And, you know, that would have probably bumped Jose off where Jose wasn't the booker or the matchmaker anymore. So that would have in, inflamed things and angered him. Also, it's been said and rumored that Jose's baby daughter had just drowned, crawled out of the yard and drowned in she was an aunt, you know, she was really young, a young girl. She crawled out of the yard and crawled into the pool and drowned a few weeks before the stabbing incident happened. So that could really messed up Jose's emotional state at that time. Also, you know, it's a known fact. I've watched some videos on it where Brody was wrestling up in uh, the old uh, Vince Sr.'s wrestling, WWF, and... Uh, he uh, was supposed to put over uh, Jose Gonzalez, which, you know, he wrestled in Puerto Rico as Invader 1, but he was supposed to put him over, and he didn't. He just beat the crap out of him, so Jose's stock in that company quickly went down, his credibility with the fans. So at that point, he was, uh, he was no good up there anymore, so that cost him money, and you know, I'm sure that made him mad when... He was supposed to get put over, and he got the crap beat out of him, you know. So, you know, there's a whole lot of wrestlers that say that. Plus, Brody was a big, giant guy, and he was a mean-looking, menacing guy, and uh, 
he had come out at times swinging that chain around, and he didn't care who he hit with the chain or whatever. And he, especially in Japan, and the fans would just scatter. The fans were scared of him in Japan. And uh, he's kind of like a legend over in Japan because that was one of their monsters in wrestling. And he was big over there. And, you know, it could have been any of these factors. Uh, some of the guys, even Jose, was uh, rumored to say uh, to Carlos, uh, don't put me back in with... Uh, Brody, because Brody hurts him and messes him up. And so, you know, all these things again, you know, uh, maybe he bullied him, uh, maybe it was money, or maybe it was all those things. You know, we'll, we'll probably never know. The truth died with Bruce or Brody. And, uh, you know, something that that uh, Tony said really struck me. He said that when uh, the first thing Brody said to him was, don't let them hurt me anymore. He didn't say, don't let him hurt me. He said, don't let them. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a mystery. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good subject, but I don't think we'll ever know the answer to it. And uh, it's not ever going to come out, probably. So, I enjoyed doing this podcast today. And I'm going to tell you guys something. Y'all continue to keep those cards and letters coming in and those emails. And uh, we'll keep those T-shirts flying out to y'all. And, uh... We really appreciate the way that uh, our podcast has moved up the, the line. And uh, I was going to do an interview with Mark Lawrence where he uh, he uh, announced the death of Bruiser Brody because Bruiser Brody was actually still working in Texas. He went all around to all kinds of different territories and worked. And uh, uh, we'll save that for another time. And uh, if any more stuff comes out on this uh, we'll come back and we'll do a follow-up on it and uh, you know uh, I don't like that angle that they was going to wrestle in uh, Puerto Rico where they were Carlos and Jose was going to wrestle said he didn't like what he did uh, I can't believe they let him get by with that I can't believe that that the WWE has put him in the WWE Hall of Fame which to me now, and this is a, a lot of uh, listeners share this view with me, uh, the WWE Hall of Fame has become like a joke now. Look what, at what happened at this year's uh, Hall of Fame ceremony where a fan jumped in the ring. And, you know, uh, I hope things get better in the wrestling business, but I see the wrestling business uh, slowly sliding down, and I hope it rebounds and we have some of those good years back again. But I'm doubtful of it. But, you know, uh, I hope we do. Hey, guys, I appreciate y'all tuning in tonight. And uh, we'll come on back next Sunday night for another episode of The Ventures of Flash. Thank you, guys, and good night.